0: This is Kari Gale.
1: And this is Tony Kriz.
0: Welcome to the Pilgrim Loss Podcast, a space for those who wander and wonder.
1: Okay. Hello, Kari.
0: Hey Tony. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How's your how's your day going?
0: Good, busy. It's a busy day.
1: Um, My my day started with a Zoom call with an African bishop. Believe oh. it or not, yeah, I was zooming, wow. I was zooming to Africa and back. It's very exciting.
0: Wow, is that wow. is this someone that you know or someone you just met?
1: Well, this is the first time that I've we've emailed. But it's the first time I've met. I don't know. I don't, what do you call a Zoom call? Is That is that meeting?
0: I, th- I think it's meeting. Okay. I mean, I think in in today's day and today's age, world, we can call that- it meeting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a little like on second base or something. It's amazing. <laughs> and um no, he's um he's hiring me to come over and and direct some film work in Kenya. So that's
0: oh, how exciting. coming up.
1: I know. It's very exciting. And hopefully I'm taking my 15-year-old with me, which will be super fun.
0: Wow. And and when might this be? This 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 trip?
1: Uh probably in this India? summer. We don't we don't have the, right now all travel is restricted in kenya because of covid so i don't know but um it's fascinating phone call um like one of the places you have to go to he's like it takes it takes two hours each way to get there i'm sorry it takes two days each way to get (laughs) to get to the village um and part of the way you need a military escort oh my because of bandits and then later he goes, and in the village, and in the village, um, diseases kill many people, but that's not the worst thing. The worst wow. thing is the snake bites. Oh, God. I was, and I was like, I was fine with two days of travel. I was, I was, bandits was like water off a duck's back. But as soon as he said snake bites, I was like, oh, oh okay. All right. Well, I'm going to have to, I'm to have to. Prepare myself a little bit emotionally for this experience.
0: Yeah, you and in Indiana like, Jones, right? Like the snake whole Snake bites thing?
1: and uh scorpions. And he said, um, and alligators, he said. So that's exciting.
0: So hopefully he's not putting together the the brochure <laughs> for tourism in, in his town.
1: So anyway, but that's that's so I got that coming up. Um Wow. Yeah. And that's... then I went for a long walk this morning. Before nice. recording, because I wanted to do that, and been listening to a lot of Kenny Rogers lately, out on my do watch.
0: tell, do tell. <laughs> this doesn't seem like someone you would listen to on a regular basis.
1: I it, well, the truth of the matter is, I was raised on Kenny Rogers. My father loved Kenny Rogers, and maybe five days ago, you know, both my parents have passed. Yeah, and I was just being nostalgic. I was, and I. I knew I was gonna go walking on a long walk that day. And I jumped on iTunes and I bought a Kenny Rogers Greatest Hits album and put it on my iTunes. And I've been listening to it. And darn it, if that guy can't sing a story,
0: it's so true.
1: He can sing a story and he can write a little lyric from time to time. And um, I've just been enjoying the dickens off of, you know, Kenny Rogers. It's so you gotta know funny. when to
0: hold him. You got no you got it.
1: That is the first track on the I bet desktop, it is. <laughs> which by the way was my favorite song when I was like eight.
0: Did you know what it was about? Did you understand it?
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, gambling as a metaphor of life and he dies at the end. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You anyway, got you got it. That's that's enough bantering about unless you had a uh anecdote.
0: No, no Kenny Rogers. I haven't been listening to any Kenny Rogers. Uh my dad's favorite was Merle Haggard and I haven't listened to Merle in a while, so
1: Old oh, Merle. Yeah. So, um our last podcast, you brought on your friend Jill and it was so great and I hope I hope so, I hope most of our communities had a chance to listen to that because it really was lovely and I've heard some great feedback about it. Mm. How have you reflected on it because I know that was a big deal for you to bring on your childhood friend and
0: Yeah, it was um it was a really, it's always, you know, as, as it showed in the, you know, in listening to the podcast, uh, all of our listeners could hear that I got, you know, choked up. It's, it's always really powerful for me to hear her story and right. each time it feels sort of, it feels fresh again. And usually, you know, she'll ser- share something new or something is more revealed to me as I listen to her story. So, um, and I think knowing that she is sharing that story within the midst of, you know, Pilgrim lost and with our community, it, I just, I feel like there's so much bravery in it to share her story. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to be vulnerable with a friend and it's a completely, completely other thing to share with, with the world. And the fact that she's taken the step to do that um, in these past years, and then really, really embracing it as a way to be a voice for her community, is—I know—it's astounding to me. I mean, most of the time, you know, we've we've gone over and over this about me being a three, but you know, I want to show the world my best side and be shiny and and pretty and have everyone admire me. And there's a there's a deep I think for everyone, there's this deep need to, to hide those things away that we're ashamed of. And especially with the the way the world has traditionally looked on mental illness, it's something that hasn't been talked about. It. And I'm so right. glad that that people like Jill can bring that forth and start talking about it and normalizing it. And, um, and I think one of the biggest things that really struck me as I listened to the pod again and just reflected on it was this idea of other and how we view people as other and Jill was really frank about how she even entering the hospital how she viewed folks oh they're even sicker than I am they 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 have worse problems than I do and and really coming to a point where that dropped away yeah and we talked a lot about divisiveness and how do we step into this space of being human with people that we disagree with, that we don't feel connected with. And I think one of those things is just really realizing how, how the same we are, no matter what we're struggling with. And I, I feel that that conversation just really kind of drove that point home of, of not viewing someone else as other, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they, what they show on the outside. I I just, I felt like she really, um, kind of illuminated that for me again that was kind of the fresh yeah. thing that i got from the conversation hearing at this time
1: and then you uh, actually wrote a blog post on pilgrim program lost about m- some of your personal reflections on yourself out of all of that yeah you know, i don't know if you want to yeah. share that but that's sure you already put it out there once yeah
0: <laughs> it was hard i i when i wrote it i really wanted to express um sort of my reaction to it. And it, I really, I didn't, it's, it's Jill's story. And so I wanted right. to be really careful. Um, right. But I, at the same time, you know, being, uh, being a person that grew up with her, that was walking with her, that, that we shared so much together and to have no idea that, that this, this abuse was going on. And yeah, I, right. you know, in the, in the, in the blog, I said, I, I was a child. I give myself a lot of grace, but the fact of the matter is, is there's so many emotions that that her story brings up in me. You know, it's it's this this regret. I I kind of explained it as this kind of cocktail of regret and and madness. You know, being mad and angry, like this thing could happen, and then ultimately it kind of just evolving into this deep grief. Yeah. And and what to do with that. And, and really not having a, I don't have a lovely little bow to wrap on this and say, well, then I learned this, um, and, but just and
1: some guilt too. You,
0: yeah. You well, certainly. Yeah. It you know, was
1: going on under your nose and you were unaware of it. and uh, That
0: we that even, you know, my, myself, my best friend and, and all of our parents that were, you know, had no idea that we involved and had community with, with her her you know her mother that was it was just it's just so hard to to imagine that we we couldn't have seen something if we'd been paying closer attention if we you know i don't know it just it it um there is guilt there and and to have to process that and um of course all of these things that i'm dealing with are nothing in comparison to the trauma that my friend dealt with. But there, you know, we, the people that surround, those of us that are loved ones that surround someone that goes through trauma is, you know, we, 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 we walk through our own, you know, pilgrimage, as it were, of, of experiencing emotions because we love someone so much and we want, we don't want that person to suffer. And so we have to, we go back and we have to sort of, Come to terms with with those emotions and and what happened and what we did or we didn't do, and um, I kind of ended the blog by just really talking about kind of the opposite. But just how and it wasn't it wasn't a matter of like I'm gonna take these emotions and find gratitude. It was and and that those those the sadness, the anger, the madness would go away. It was like they existed, they coexisted at the same time. Like I can feel all those feelings and then still be really grateful. For my, for the fact that she was able to get help, that she had uh, doctors that would were able to walk her through everything that she had to experience in the healing process, in coming to grips with her mental illness, um, that she's still walking through. It's not like it's in the past. She she walks through it every day. So I'm so grateful that she has, you know, she has the resources to be able to to get help. Um, and then I'm just grateful for her friendship. The fact that yeah. forty years later you know, we are, we are still really close friends and that I can still walk with her and be, um, we can be each other's cheerleaders, you know, we can be each other's, um, supporters in whatever we're going through. It just happens to be that the thing that she's walked through has been this, um, very unexpected, something that, that, that I would never, ever have thought would, would be, would impact her in the way that it has, because I didn't know about it. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah.
1: Uh, Paula Gamble, who's been on the podcast. She listened to that one. She's been, I think she's listened to all of them, but she listened to that one. She was so thrilled because um, Paul is a therapist of sorts, you know, does counseling and um, emotional, spiritual care for people. She just loved how Jill was so matter of fact, in down to earth and how she talked about sort of the the scaffolding of mental health and, and the things that she deals with and, uh, and just explain them in very sort of accessible terminology. And she was really encouraged by that. That doesn't happen a lot. Mm. So,
0: yeah, I think that's one of Jill's great strengths is she, you know, even in the midst of writing and talking about what's happened to her, she has this just really great sense of humor and she's able to be really approachable and, um, I mean, I think that comes from her training as a pastor, she's, you know, a, and a writer and I'm really hoping that people jump on her podcast that she's re relaunching. Um, I think it relaunches on Friday, which is April 2nd. So, nice. um, so everyone listening, go, go take a, take a, a, a listen to, um, post-traumatic faith and. Um, we had a link, uh, to, to it on our, our last podcast, but I'm excited to listen to it. Cause I, I think she's bringing on guests this time. And I think it's really, that's really going to, um, the combination of just kind of her pastoral background and, and, um, and her story and just her, um, her ability to, to listen and engage with people is going to be great.
1: I, um, a little change of direction. I wanted to share with you something, um. I, where, where to start? Well, a couple of days ago I was on my way to the store because I wanted to make some tzatziki and I needed some ingredients and on my way to the store and on my way out the door, I turned to my wife, Amy, and I was like, is there anything I can get at the store as long as I'm making a run? She's like, oh yeah, I do. I need, I need several things this week. I'm like, great. Like write a list and text it to me. And turn. so i get to the store and I walk to the store and I've got my mask on and, you know, and I'm, my glasses and i'm trying to read my phone and i open up the text and the text is like this is not totally true but what it feels like to me is it's just like copy and pasted out of recipes onto it so it's like a third of a cup of this and a quarter cup of that and i'm like i don't know how much kale is a third of a cup of kale and <laughs> and there were things that there were things on there i didn't know what they were i don't know what i don't know what Planko breadcrumbs are. I just, I don't know what they are. I wouldn't even begin to know where to look for something. And I'm looking at this, like, what to me feels like this very discombobulated list. And so I call her and I'm like, are you serious? Like, I'm basically, are you serious? And then I get a, just a little bit belligerent on the phone. You the point, shocking, Josh, to the point where she feels bad. Okay. Hmm. So now she feels bad. And um and then she tries to express how she's feeling bad, like she's put me out in this way that she feels like she's she's not supposed to hmm. in this sort of kind of childhood childhood messaging kind of way. Um and and then I kind of belittle that. You know, I kind of belittle her, you know, can we not make this an a lifelong huge mental issue can we just figure out the grocery list you know so i'm kind of calm down we talked to the list i figured out i put on some kenny rogers literally put kenny rogers on the headphones to put me in the in the magical space that kenny only kenny rogers can provide and then i just go on a scavenger hunt and i have a great time like half an hour in the grocery store finding all the stuff the reason i tell you this story Is while I was driving home from the store, I was just reflecting on the phone call and I was like, you know what? You were just like 20% more of an ass than you needed to be Mm. on that phone call. What the heck is going on? And since then, I have had half a dozen interactions with people. And there's this reactiveness. There's this suspicion that the other person is intentionally trying to harm me. Mm. Like language, when they tell stories or or I I witness these interactions between people, just suspicious that people are intent intentionally trying to harm or like the way that i thought amy was like intentionally making the list overly complicated just to make my life difficult when what she was doing was she was trying to do it quickly so that i had it when i got to the store and i could immediately stop start shopping and not have to wait around for it so she's being generous but i just assume she's just being lazy and snarky right it's like where's this coming from and And I'm seeing it so often now that I, I really do think that it's a pattern. I think it's a cultural pattern of being sort of suspicious of other people and protective. And I think it's part of how white people are moving into tribes more and really just spending time with people who are just like them, even more so than normal. Do, do you witness any of this? Am, am I out to lunch? I mean, do you have any thoughts?
0: Do you think Do you think that this is a, as a result of... of... The pandemic and COVID and how people have really retreated into their own little spaces. And
1: I think this is my this is my assumption. I think COVID pushed it over the cliff, but the cliff was created by these culture wars. Mm -hmm. All of this scapegoating and finger pointing and the other side's always wrong. And my side is always right. And how dare you how dare you tell me that I'm saying thing something incorrectly. I have the right to say it any way I want to, you know, all that kind of energy. I think people are going nuts.
0: What do you, I mean, <laughs> what, what do we do? That's the problem is what well, do yeah, we do? I, and that's why I'm so I'm, much I'm... <laughs> about this and like you're bringing it up. Cause you're like, you're seeing it everywhere. And I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's almost like this, this strange, um, uniform or sort of protective coating that we've put on ourselves. Cause we we're, we're so, I mean, even in, I mean, even in our closest relationships, families, close friends, we're, we're, we're on guard all the time. I find that I'm, um, there's only a few people in my life where I really let down my guard. And I think that 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 definitely through this last year, through these last few years with um, the election and, and, and just, I was actually, it was interesting. I was talking with someone, uh, my hairdresser yesterday, and we were talking about how almost everything is be, has become a, uh, an us or them. Right. And, cause we were talking about the vaccine and I had shared that I was able to get my first vaccine shot and um, how excited I was about that, and and she had as well. And we were talking about sort of the response from various people in our lives concerning that. And um, you know, something—it's—it's it's like back, you know, when when people get and there's—I mean, vaccines have always had had sort of a, a either really positive people are really into them or not into them, and that was even pre pre COVID. But it's this idea that almost everything has become what side of the aisle as it were does it sit upon and um i think because of that it's hard to have a conversation with your guard down because whatever you're saying or whatever you're engaging in it it can stir something up and um i don't i don't know what the solution is
1: well shoot thanks a lot <laughs> sorry <laughs> so last night i was feeling i was really feeling it yesterday basically it kind of came to a head yesterday, where I was, um, I was starting to feel like I'm just gonna stop interacting with people because I'm tired of sort of being collateral damage in mm. this suspicious, um, accusational, th- um, morass that's going on. Mm-hmm. And so last night I'm like, okay, I just need. I just need to be reminded that the world is good. Mm. <laughs> you know?
0: Yes, totally. And so
1: I did something last night for total self just self-care.
0: What did you, you do? You know,
1: I um I went to Amazon Prime and I watched a documentary which I cuz I'm a documentarian and I'm a filmmaker. Mm. Um I love doc documentaries that would be an interesting conversation sometime like mm. what are your all-time favorite documentaries but um I watched the documentary I'll push you again
0: oh so good
1: okay so you see you cannot
0: it. you cannot walk away from that and not feel good about humanity
1: absolutely so um for anybody who doesn't know I'll push you is this documentary about these two guys Justin and Patrick
0: mm-hmm. is that right I think I believe so
1: and um, they're lifelong best friends. They were born 36 hours apart, and um, Justin, in adulthood, uh, contracted some kind of degenerative disease, muscular and skeletal, or or nerve degenerative, and basically over time he lost he lost use of his arms and legs. And these guys are, you know, they're our age, maybe a little younger.
0: I think they're uh, younger than us.
1: And um, and in the midst, uh, after he had basically lost use of his body and was going through this as an adult, which I think would be incredibly difficult to watch all that slip away, this very positive human being, he decided he wanted to go on the Camino and he asked his, his best friend, lifelong best friend, he's like, I want, I want you to go on the Camino with me. And of course, his friend said, I'll push you, which is the name of the documentary. And so a film crew follows them as they do the 500 miles of the Camino um, with this guy in a wheelchair who literally, I mean, he can't, he can't do anything except for sit in the chair and his friend and a cadre of people come alongside and help push over 500 miles over incredible terrain. And I mean, what, what were you, what were your, when did you see it? It was years ago.
0: Well, I got a chance to see it in 2018 and I'm going, my brain is going to blank here, but um, I was I was invited to do a presentation about with my Camino art that I'd created on the Camino at um, the annual gathering for the pilgrims um, um, here in the United States. And so um, I got a chance to go there But the presentation, the big presentation of the weekend was we got to see this movie and we got to have a conversation with the director of the movie, um, who I'm completely forgetting his name right now, but was an incredibly wonderful human being and basically was the person behind the camera, behind, you know, doing all the producing. Um, Maybe we can grab his name, but I, um, I got a chance to see the movie then. And I remember thinking the biggest thing that just blew me away was, you know, we've both walked the Camino. We know how hard it is to walk the Camino right. on your own, two good feet, two good legs. Right. It is, it's like every day you're, you're, you're pain. in pain in various parts. It's just,
1: and that's just carrying it, your weight. I mean, literally, I mean, just and you're your carrying your
0: own weight and your, pack your backpack and, and that's it. And that's it. And how, um, how, you know, and uh, what's just how how proud I was to to finish that on my own, oh yeah! And what a huge accomplishment it was for me as a human being to do this five hundred mile walk, and then I watched this man on screen pushing this other man yeah. across, and it, this is not a, this is not a little flat path. This yeah, is yeah. like mountains and craziness and. under bridges and i just it just blew me away um not only that he physically could do it but that the the relationship between the two of them was so it was like a different kind of love than i've ever seen
1: oh i'm
0: tearing tearing up just talk thinking about it because it was so powerful
1: and the two of them you know the the magic of editing you know i'm sure they had their moments where they're Sure. We were upset and discouraged but the level of uh yeah mutual encouragement banging yeah. back and forth was just yeah. stunning and um i love when i read some synopsis and some background on the film as well and justin speaking justin justin's voice said we we wanted to call we wanted to call the film i'll push you you think it's because Patrick was pushing me in the, in my chair, but really it's because we were pushing both of us to get past our fears and our Mm -hmm. doubts.
0: The, the, the like brotherhood that it was, it was so beautiful and um, you know, just, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again now that we're talking about it. But I, I was so, so blown away by, Not only the relationship, so here's the thing, is the relationship between the two of them, people responded in this magical way. They saw this relationship um, of a man pushing his friend, and it brought out the best in everybody around them.
1: Yes. It was
0: stunning. And, and these people would come alongside them and help in a way that was, you know, they would abandon their plans for the day. They didn't, you know, instead of getting to the next town, they were like, let me help, let me help. Um, And it was, it was just, it was this beautiful, like, it was like a. Uh, They were like a a pebble in a pond, and the ripples just kept going and going. And so, um, that was also beautiful. Like what you're talking about before, this idea of this closed offness—is that even a word? And and this this like I'm I'm protective. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to protect myself and my opinion and and mine, 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 mine. This was like the antithesis of that. And it was so beautiful to watch. It just make it just watching that story made you want to be a better human being. Yeah.
1: And, and I picked up things this time that I hadn't picked up before. Like at one point Patrick's like doing a super close up, like dark at night or whatever. And he's just confessing the fact that he he's only been getting five hours of sleep a night because it takes so long often for them to get to where they want to go. Then they have to get up like four o'clock in the morning to go through all the process to get, to get Justin ready, just to be able to go out. So he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting only five hours of sleep a night. I'm like, I couldn't, I mean, the Camino was, I mean, it was 10 hours a night. I was sleeping. I mean, I was so oh, exhausted Me too. and there's me just too. pressing through this stuff and there are parts, uh, again, there's just parts of the Camino that it's, I mean, it's, it's a metaphor of life. Right. Totally. The, and there's, there are parts of it where you're walking down these beautiful country roads for miles on end with nothing, but, but, fields full of flowers on both sides and birds are singing and it's like woodland creatures can speak to you it's so but then there's other times where you're going over an effing mountain and there's no good footholds and it doesn't matter how friggin' athletic you are there's a very good chance you are going to roll break fall hurt bruise damage something
0: um just the scenes of them like i remember the mud oh the mud was oh. so ridiculous. And I, I saw, you know, it went on my Camino, my sister and I were walking past these, you know, like slogging. Cause you literally would have to take two steps and then, and then kick the mud off your shoes to, in order to take two more steps. And the cyclists, they, they were lifting their bicycles out and they were slogging through it. And to watch, to just watch them on the screen in the mud. I just, I about cried because it, I don't know how they did it. I honestly don't know how they did it. I mean, I, I saw it, I saw that they did it, but I still like the strength, it would, the resiliency it would take to do that.
1: Okay. Okay. The, the the moment that killed me, the moment that really, that I don't remember it killing me last time, but this time again, is if you recall, they get, um, they get uh, two thirds of the way and Patrick, legs start to go like he starts to cramp and he starts to get where he's having a hard time just managing and luckily there's other people around to to help with to chair but he's actually falling behind the rest of the group because he's really hurting and they're coming up on you're gonna you're better at all the names than i am but el Sobrero or el, el Sabrero. Sabrero? Yeah, yeah
0: that's right
1: which is the last big mountain yeah and
0: it's a freaking hike to get to the it's, top
1: I hated that day. <laughs> I hated that day. I hated that day. But the, the little village you get to on the top, by the way, a little side note, little village you get to.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I walk in, there's this little, there's a little hippy dippy um, albergue up there that's like yeah. only serves vegetarian or only vegan. It's vegan yeah. only. And the the sleeping quarters looks like a little hobbit house. It's so cute. <laughs> so cute. It's like a little hobbit house, like little bunk beds. It's, really, it's super cute. Anyway, I at that one. I, so I walk in, I'm waiting, I'm waiting in line to talk to the host. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's this group of six women, young women standing behind the host, and they all have on University of Portland sweatshirts. No way. And I'm like, what the heck are a bunch of pilots doing there? <laughs> and they were they were a bible study from from the university of portland that went on this on this oh, experience together and i mean anyway so, cool. so anyway so they're coming up del sabrero in the movie <laughs> sorry back, <laughs> back, back, back back to the topic <laughs> and patrick's just confessing to the camera we're really thinking about driving around it i just mm-hmm. don't i don't think we can do it we've heard it's even harder than the pyrenees and the parent i mean the Footage of them going over the Pyrenees was, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. unbelievable. But they're heading, and he's saying, I just don't know if we can make it. Great filmmaking. Neck cut. Neck scene. Stopping for lunch at a cafe. They get to the cafe, and they go up. Whoa. And uh, there's like, like eight people that they've met along the way. That have all decided that they're going to wait at that moment and help,
0: mm.
1: right? And they somehow organize it so that, like, these eight strangers all like they come to this point at the base of the mountain because they don't they don't want them to go around. They want them to you know to 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 take the whole trip. And it's such amazing commentary on humanity, the generosity of humans. And they walk in, Justin and Patrick and the other, they had a couple of people walk with them at that time. They walk in and they don't have no idea. Right. And the generosity of human beings that they experience all along the way, you know, so many people, they just say, you know, we just everywhere we went, people were helpful. And But um, I just think this. That humans are wonderful. And by and large, people want to be good and they want to be beautiful they want to be generous and i just afraid that we're backing each other into corners these days of yeah. the suspiciousness and tribalism and um it was just i just needed to be reminded that people are good and they and that we should expect unbelievable beauty mm. can we is that just Am I just like drinking Kool-Aid here?
0: I think, I definitely know that, you know, if we are able to take off those layers, those walls, that's what we all want. That's what we all want. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter at the. I mean, if if we scrape down all of it, it's like people, people want to be loved people want to be worthy people don't want to want to know that they're valued that they can contribute like it really isn't about what do you believe about this policy or are you going to get a vaccine or not or it's just it's like if we could just get through all of you know I kind of, I kind of imagine it is those layers of mud right that right. like we're walking through it and right now it's all mud. And so every two steps, we have to sit and deal with it. And, um, you know, that I'm just hopeful that at some point that, you know, it's going to even out and the ground's going to get harder again. And we can just like actually move forward with some freedom. Um, yeah. I'm hopeful, Tony. I'm hopeful.
1: Good.
0: I, I think it's, I think it's, Um. I think people, everyone's feeling it, but you know, you go back to, I mean, and that's, I think a part of the reason we love the Camino so much is it really does bring out the best in people. And, it really does. Uh, and that's, and that story is just a, and it brought out the beautiful. best in me.
1: Can I, can I be just like really weird about this, but um, I have, I have evil thoughts. I have thoughts that I'm ashamed of every day of one kind or another, you know, vile judgmental thoughts about people, strangers, that don't deserve it, uh, dehumanizing thoughts about women, about human beings. You know, it's just, I can't, I can't believe how sweet my thoughts were when I was walking the Camino. Why can't life be like that? I mean, I was like, it, I wanted to be a good person every day. It was weird. (laughs) <laughs> <'cause> i'm not <laughs> i'm not a particularly good person but i really wanted to be it's it's amazing mm-hmm. but again um inspired by the communal but focusing on every day there's no there's no reason why you have to be in spain to have that attitude and how to foster and i i am i'm, I'm this morning i got up and i i just started tried to start my day with that attitude. I think partially inspired by the film and some other things. And I have had a gym dandy of a day. Mm. I just have. It's been, I went for a long walk and I was waving and I, you know, I I chatted with half a dozen strangers along the way, socially distanced. And um it really was, it's great. And my phone call this morning with the bishop was lovely. And this time with you is fantastic. And I'm just I'm just really happy. So who knows? Maybe there's hope. I do have some news though. Along this line. I'll push you. I mentioned that it's about this guy, Justin, and this guy, Patrick, but a lot of other people helped push. And one of the other people who helped push a large chunk of the, of the Camino is going to be our guest on our next, on our next episode.
0: I'm so so excited.
1: It just so happens that Michael Turner, who is in I'll Push You, he's actually in the film um, and he's there at that scene in El Sobrero. He's there in that Mm. scene. It's unbelievable. I can't wait to ask him about it um, on our next episode. But um, he he and i happen to go to college together and we're old friends and so he's going to come on and we get to hear firsthand what that experience was mm. like what we can learn from it and what he learned about friendship and goodness and the beauty of humanity from that experience
0: mm. i'm i'm thrilled I i'm super
1: like, excited
0: uh just an invitation to all of our community if you haven't had a chance to check out the film now would be a great time and i bought the book and- too and yeah, they, and they have a fantastic Instagram um, feed, and so we'll put all of that stuff in our um, in our episode notes. Um, but then you'll be caught up to speed when we get a chance to talk with Michael um, in our next podcast. Yes, so
1: super fun. Kari, thanks for chatting. You yeah, you you encouraged me. I'm my belief in humanity has jumped up.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I hope you have a Jim Dandy of the rest of your day.
1: Thank you. I hope to. And you as well, and we'll chat soon. Thanks, everybody, for getting lost with us.
0: Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.